Hi guys, welcome to episode 222 of Big Trouble in Box Podcast. I am Joe Dubs. And I am Andy. Jimmy Timmy White. And uh, I thought you were going to go like full fucking yogurt for some strange reason. Uh, but nope, just Zach. But... Yogurt? I hate yogurt, even with strawberries. <laughs> I'm just plain yogurt. Um... <laughs> Uh, we're, we're, as you can tell, we're going to be talking about Spaceballs later. And who knows? Will it be three versus one? Will it be two v two? Or could there be all in agreement that maybe we don't think Spaceballs is great uh, like we think it is? Uh, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I'll go first because I watch a bunch of shit. And uh, you guys probably knew about it because I was typing it in Facebook. But I watched all three Omens. Omen 1, Omen 2, and Omen 3. And um, Damn. Omen 1 is the best one. I'm just going to straight out say it. Because after like the first one, you're just like, oh, he's in military school. I get it because the devil needs to be powerful. Oh, and the third one, he's like an ambassador trying to be the president. Oh, because the devil needs to be powerful. Uh, but overall, I, the music is fucking cool. Uh, the death scenes are kind of cool. Um, I actually learned a couple of things where the director didn't want to make it all goofy and shit, like, uh, you know, telekinesis or anything or any type of super... Telekinesis? Yeah, I can't say it, okay? <laughs> yes. Telekinesis. <laughs> telekinesis. That's telekinesis, Kyle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, uh, like, he didn't want to make it all, like, supernatural. So that's why, like, all the death scenes are kind of, like, you know, shit falling on them. Like, Final Destination type of stuff. Besides, like, the first fucking scene where the nanny is like, I love you, uh, Damien. And then, like, hangs herself <laughs> in front of the the birthday crowd. Um, but, yeah, the other ones were just goofy. Um, it was okay to watch. Uh, I watched two Stephen King novel movies, uh, The Tall Grass and 1922. Uh, what do you think about 1922? That's what I want to know about. It's 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 pretty straightforward. Um, I like the main actor. It's uh, he he was the Punisher of the uh, the one with fuck the the 2000s Punisher. Thomas yeah, Jane. Th Thomas Jane. There you go. Uh, he, I didn't realize that was him when I saw that movie. Yeah, he he was great in it. I, I just think the premises of being like, oh, the wife wants to go to the city, and because he doesn't want to lose like land, he comes up to the realization that he needs to, him and his son need to kill his wife. Yeah, I like, what happens after that is interesting. It's an interesting movie, and it's well made, but the premise that it's the whole thing is built on is just so contrived. Like, they just couldn't have a conversation. He had to murder his wife. It's not a spoiler. It happens in the first the first little bit of the movie. He kills his wife. And the rest of the movie is how they deal with that. But, yeah, it's like, it was an interesting movie. I was glad to see it once. But, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why? And, Settle down. <laughs> and it's creepy. And it's, like, it does really well of, like, the guilt of doing it. <laughs> which is funny. Uh, I mean, the obviously the son and everything. But... My main thing is how he killed her, and I'm not going to spoil it a, a lot, but there's a point where, like, you seem like everything is fine. They're getting drunk. They're kissing each other, and they're all, like, smiling. And then 
the next scene, they're just like, we got to do it. <laughs> Father's like, got to get the knife. And then the son is just standing there. But yeah, that was good. The tall grass was kind of weird. Um, it, there's a, a brother and a sister in a car pull up to the side of very tall grass. They hear, help, I can't get out. And they go in there and they just get lost. And there's like time looping stuff going on. And there's like a native tribe. And if you touch just one rock in the middle of the tall grass, that now you could find the exit, but now you're just stuck there as like a god of the, the grass. So it gets. Sorry, that one sounds weird. It, what it, the fuck? It, <laughs> it, it's weird, but it has the guy from The Conjuring uh, in it. The male guy. Fuck. I don't know the actor's name. I just know him based off of movies. Mm. Uh, he was also in Insidious as well those movies watchman was he in watchman was he the guy yes is that who you're talking about yeah, yeah i know the guy oh it's killing me now yeah he's in he's obviously he's the mr warren no relation to me at all by the way um of the the warren family who deals with all the paranormal shit uh even though i'm into the paranormal maybe i don't know maybe we are related but i pretty pretty much doubt it uh, Patrick Wilson. I there you go, Patrick Wilson. He was also oh, in that, Hard Candy. He was also in Aquaman. I mean, why am I naming DC related films? I don't know. I feel like that guy is a really good actor, and in terms of like really large budget movies, he's he ended up getting like the real shit in because he always ends up with the bu movies with massive budgets that totally bomb or look <laughs> or just really bad. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just like I sap it a couple times to him. I feel bad for the guy. He's a good actor. I will give him that. Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a good actor. He's got good range. I like him. Yeah. And the final movie that I watched, which I highly recommend because I thought it was really... Uh, I want you to f figure out the th theme for yourself. But uh, it's about a woman um, who her husband one day just went in the boat, went in the middle of the lake and shot himself uh, and killed himself. And the whole time, she doesn't know why. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil a lot of it, but he built an, a replica house in the woods. And something is was messing with him in order to do that, to lure women that look like his wife. I won't spoil it. Oh, well, yeah, well, maybe. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's called... <laughs> <laughs> it's called the night house uh it's on hbl max i highly recommend it it was a good watch um but yeah that's all i did i didn't play any god of war ragnarok because i had a lot of shit going on i got pokemon Boy. violet um i want to play pokemon violet but i i want to get deeper into uh i almost said gears of war but god of war uh, ragnarok but other than that let's move on to andy what the hell you've been watching playing or doing uh, I've been continuing the advanced course of my Bell Brooks deal, so I watched Silent Movie, which I guess I have been informed is not streamable anywhere. Is that true? Well, that sucks. Um, Don't worry. Oh, yeah. I, I plan on talking to you after this and figuring out when I can get the copy because yeah, it's, it's I, I really I really need to, to do the laughter. There it is. It's right here. Okay. I need to, I need to you do gotta the see it, though. It's, uh, goddamn, that movie so fucking funny i can't stand it like i wish i had someone to, to discuss it with but obviously that's not going to happen um it's it's just cool because uh mel brooks has a certain like 
actors that are in a bunch of his stuff. It's got uh, Marty Feldman and Dom DeLuise in it. But it's about them trying to make a movie. It's very meta. They're going to make a silent movie, and it is a silent movie about that. So they have to get, like, a bunch of stars. And the stars they're getting are all, like, at that time, huge. Like, it's actually pretty cool that they get, like, James Caan, uh, Burt Reynolds is in it, um, uh, Paul Newman, some other people. It's And each each segment is hilarious. So, I, I don't know. I'll, all I say is I just highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite Mel Brooks movies. I think it's one of the most criminally underrated movies ever. Like, not even just comedies, just movies, because it's, it's just so damn funny. I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to read. I don't want to go to the movies to read. So they didn't go see it. And, like, <laughs> I kind of get it, but it's just it's so damn funny. And they do so many jokes. Like, one of the, in the first scene, uh, Marty Feldman, like a hot nurse, walks out of this hospital. And Marty Feldman goes and says a bunch of stuff to her, and she slaps him. Like, it's implied that he said, you know, something something dirty. And Mel Brooks looks at him, and you can tell by the way he moves his mouth. He says, you filthy son of a bitch. And then the 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 word card comes up and says, you bad boy. <laughs> like, there's there's <laughs> yeah. like, like that in it that only work because it's a silent movie. And uh, I it, it's great. Um, I also... Uh, I got Pokemon. I've been playing the fuck out of Pokemon. I played a ton of Pokemon Scarlet. I uh, it's hard to declare how far you are in that game now because like it used to always be, oh, there's eight gems, you do them in order, and then you do the Elite Four and then the championship. But now there's eight gems and there's five team star raids and there's five titans and there's a whole bunch of other bullshit. And pretty early in the game, they just like Elder Scrolls your ass. You just get out of school and they're like, all right, go learn or do something. I don't know, fuck off. And you just like have the whole world unlocked. You can do whatever you want. And uh, it makes it a lot of fun. The game is, in fact, quite glitchy, though. I was talking to friends about it. and They're like, oh, look at all these funny glitches and stuff's happening and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, guys, listen up. I played and beat Cyberpunk on PS4 the month it came out. This is nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> the game is still quite functional like it's a little silly like i walked out of a gym and there was a thunderstorm going on and there was a wild jigglypuff nearby and it just like lifted off the ground and then just like, <laughs> flew into the horizon and i was like well that was hilarious i don't even think that's a bug that's a feature maybe but that's um, a feature I, i'm curious okay compared to legends arceus when it came out like how how buggy is it it's is it buggier worse, it's buggier than that Okay, because that game got a bunch of flack too, and that game wasn't really that bad. It was not uh, that bad. This is actually like this is parts of it are kind of egregious. There's a lot of like pop in, and it has that thing that Arceus also had where, um, if a Pokemon or a person is too far away from you, they're it's, like yeah, reframing stop a second <laughs> stop motion. Yeah, and it looks like shit. And yeah. <laughs> the population of this game is way higher than Legends Arceus mm. was, so it's way more noticeable. But I'm just kind of over it. There's a lot of pop in. There's some weird issues loading textures occasionally, and I've seen some stuff online of people like falling through the map. It hasn't happened to me, and uh, it's not that bad. I think people are just alarmed by what the fuck. This is like a Nintendo game, and it's buggy. They never do this. But people were playing God of War Ragnarok a week before they played Pokemon, and like the fuck is this? That's what happened. Yeah, but it yeah. Game Freak and Pokemon Company are technically their own thing. So yeah. it's like it's not really Nintendo, but at the same time, all the other Pokemon games have been pretty solid, save Legends. So 
I don't know. I think it's just because it's it's ambitious because it's open world and there's a lot of shit going on at the same time and it's something they haven't done before. And save the bugginess, this game is so much more fun than Sword and Shield were. I I had struggle to beat Sword and Shield just because I got so stinking bored with the plot. And oh um, yeah. Like, it's very it, drawn out toward the end. Yeah, at some point, like every game I play, I gotta catch every new Pokemon I see. But in Sword and Shield, I was just I was just gonna beat this game and just get get away from it, just walk away from this game. And I have more Pokemon now in Scarlet than I ever did in Shield by a lot. Like, I'm just I'm having a great time just running around catching Pokemon, and, and there's uh, you can't turn a corner without seeing a, a new Pokemon. So. It's been it's been really exciting. I still recommend the game. I think they'll clean it up a little bit, but even if they don't, it's playable. Um, all the issues with it are pretty much fixed by. Obviously, it's on the Switch, so your instinct is to just put your Switch into sleep mode all the time, which I do as well. Just hard restart the game every couple hours or so, and it go it it all goes right away. It's fine. There's like a memory leak issue. It's something they're going to be able to patch really easily. But for now, if you're playing the game, hard restart it once in a while, and it'll. It'll clean up the bugginess a little bit. Yeah, I don't understand the crowd that goes, well, this looks like a fucking GameCube game. And I'm just like, well, GameCube was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah pe- people are like, this, this is unplayable trash. This is horrible. They should recall this. They should have canceled it. It's No, it's not that bad. It's fucking settled down. Jesus. It doesn't rate, run at 50 frames per second. Unplayable trash. <laughs> yeah, but I think Down at the same time, a lot of the people that are complaining about that, these are the, the the same reason they're complaining, or the same like the same vein. They are, they are the crowd that like Pokemon because they learned Pokemon when they played Pokemon Go. They haven't been playing since they played Blue or Silver yeah. or that. Like that's the exact same thing. It's like, guess what? Whenever I played Pokemon Go, I played it for a couple weeks, and I was like, this is fucking stupid. I don't like playing this. I just want to play one of the actual Pokemon games. Yeah. Because that's, that's what I played. My stance. So it, it just is what it is. If you're casual, you probably won't like it, but hey, whatever. If if you're casual, you'll get into it better than you did Legends Arceus, at least. Yeah, I, I will say this. That, yeah, like, this game is great. I don't like it as much as I like Legends Arceus, but that's it's not for everyone, obviously. That's the thing. Is like, if, as far as, like, technically, I know that there were things, like, that they were they were wrong with Legends Arceus, but honestly, I can't remember the last time I had as much fun playing a game. I loved that game. That game, game was, was so much fun to good, play. Yeah, yeah uh, despite the bugs and other little things, like they were just like little quirks, whatever. It was fine. Like little uh, Hisuian uh, braviary, like scatting about. I thought I that thought, shit was funny. I thought um, I was gonna hate being able to just chuck Pokeballs without getting into battles. I miss it so much in Scarlet. I miss it. I want to do it all the time. And I keep trying to hit the roll button to like roll down hills and stuff. Like I'm still, <laughs> my brain is still programmed for Legends. I'm deprogramming from Legends Arceus for it, right You now. think that, see, here's a funny thing. You actually think that you're, you're, you're uh, referencing Legends Arceus. You're actually programmed to still play Dark Souls. That's what it is. I mean, that's, you remember, I, I beat Arceus and I was like, you know what? I kind of do want more. Like, if it wasn't for Legends Arceus, I would. I don't think I would have finished Dark Souls. Arceus. That was a. It was a big stepping stone to get there. Would you say Arceus is the Dark Souls of Pokemon? People say that. I guess it. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna use those weird analogies that, that fucking weebs do, yeah. It, if it there is, the is a Dark Souls of Pokemon, it's hands down without debate. Legends Arceus, but I mean, it's like it's got the boss fights and it's got the rolling and it's the hardest of them. It's got some less forgiving 
I mean, the Dark Souls of Pokemon game is actually Digimon Cyber Sleuth 2, but we won't <laughs> get into that. Uh, it's the only Pokemon game where you can drown to death. How about that? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that? It's funny. Oh, um, while playing Pokemon Scarlet, I've been re-watching a bunch of old South Park just because it's there. And uh, <laughs> I was... Uh, talking to my girlfriend and we were like we're gonna watch something on netflix together we just watch it at the same time but we're at our respective places just on the phone talking and uh she was like pokemon is on netflix i was like well yeah and she said well i guess let's try that so i watched the first like six episodes of the original pokemon series uh oh yeah like yeah it's objectively kind of bad but it's just, i'm just so grossly nostalgic for it i, I enjoyed it <laughs> you're gonna be really disappointed by the way I mean, I'm not going to stick with it. I'm not going to like, okay. I'm going to watch every episode of Pokemon till Ashes World Championship. It's just, we, we watched a few and it was, it was, it was a laugh. We might revisit it, but I don't Well, know. if you want to, good luck because the, they have very little of the actual original series on there. So really? I, I watched it with my daughter and it actually stops right before you go to Cinnabar Island, which is actually like the coolest thing. The battle between Magmar and Charizard is like really cool. I distinctly remember that. It's finally when Charizard like bonds with Ash and kind of listens to him. So they don't uh, even get up to the first movie. Nope. That's weird. I kind of thought that's why yeah. they put it on there because Netflix had U.S. distribution rights for the remake of the first movie. I thought that's why it was on there. But they, I don't know. they they probably took out all the Brock sexual harassment scenes. No, he's still oh, no. in there. No, he they're definitely still, still in there. there. Still... <laughs> actually, the best part. It's pretty funny. Uh, and actually, watching it now as an adult, there's some really like dumb but like funny little quirky bits of humor and stuff in it with how like Pikachu responds to certain things. It's not appropriate. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, th funny. there were a few. All I did was watch the first like six episodes, and I think at least twice I was like, "Oh, that's kind of problematic." <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, that's it. I played a fuckload of Pokemon Scarlet. I recommend it, and uh, I watched Silent Movie. I recommend it, and then I did some other shit. All right, Chaz, what the hell have you been watching player to doing? All right, so I'm I'm actually still a little disappointed that no one's asked me what Shimwa Temi wipes means, but that's it's okay. What is the mystery What's Shimwa Temi wipes mean? Okay, it's too late now. I I, I was like I, I asked and I can't I can't do that. I can't be that guy. So it'll just be an enigma forever. I have to explain it when you're older. But okay. Yep. That being said, uh, yeah, this week has kind of sucked. Uh. Yeah, work's been like just the actual ass, um, especially the last couple of days. But I did get a couple of things kind of interesting. So finally, all of my uh, newest set of Silver Tempest stuff came in. And while it, it wasn't like the best openings, like I got like overall, I felt like I hit pretty well. I did. You open got this you got that. Away. Yeah, I was gonna say you got the biggest card in the set. Yeah, Can't I got the chase card. That. But yeah, that was also four boxes in an elite trainer box. So, uh, sake. <laughs> that, that was a lot to get. It. I mean, it, it, we got a pretty good deal on it, but uh, it was a lot to open. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did get the chase card, um, and I got one of the other alt arts. Um, so I only need two other alt arts now, and up until Crown Zenith comes out, I will have I'll have all of them. So does it come that. out like December or some shit? No, I think it comes out. So Pokey, I think it's V Star Universe comes out in Japan in December. Yeah, which is going to be like basically Crown Zenith, and then Crown Zenith will tie in that plus other cards that haven't come out yet haven't, in Japan. 
because they're like Rotom V Star, for instance, is not a card that's out yet, but it's been out in in Japan for months. Like they've been playing it since Lost Origins. So, um, like that that's what we're gonna basically get. We're gonna finish the set with Crown Zenith, and then Crown Zenith is not actually like there are new cards, but largely it's a lot of alternate arts mm-hmm. of cards already out. Hey, I'm but all for of those, that. Like some of them are like very gorgeous. <laughs> oh no, they're really cool looking. But the other thing too is that it's um it's a special set, so there's not a booster box. The only mm-hmm. way to get the packs is to buy special products that have them, which makes yeah, it hard like to shining. get. Yeah, so Shining Fates is another one. And the problem is the Shining Fates, that when you're getting these types of cards, I don't know if they've they've uh, done this yet, but with Shining Fates, uh, what that is is basically they print older cards, but they're shiny Pokemon versions of the same card. Mm-hmm. And there are literally hundreds. I think it's like 129 or something like that. So they you open them in the reverse hollow spot. So it's not actually in the rare spot. So if you do that with this, it may work, but in theory, but it's going to be so hard to get all of these because if they put so many of the alt art versions of these cards in that spot, I, I don't know if they they have said that or not, but it would make sense that that might be where they put them. Well, a uh, ton of it is the trainer gallery stuff, and it does definitely go in the reverse foil spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's it's not it's trainer gallery, but it's not. Like they confirmed that the trainer gallery officially ended with Silver Tempest. Mm-hmm. It's just its own special set thing, but it's going to have a lot of similar art like that. Yeah. Um. So I. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how to collect that. And a lot of that stuff's going to be, it's probably going to be expensive. Like if you try to get the shining fate stuff, even those shinies of like cards that are otherwise common, like they're a couple dollars. Like it's, which it didn't seem like much, but when you add hundreds of them up, that's a lot. Just by singles. Weird. I mean, if you really want to collect them, that's what you're going to have to do. I think, but yeah. I've already got my, I bought the Pokemon center boxes on the, the website when they popped up. So I'm excited. I, I always got those, but Nevertheless, um, moving on from from dorky shit people don't want to hear about. Uh, I really haven't played any video games, which always stinks. I really want to play God of War. Haven't had a chance, um, which sucks. But uh, the one night I was like doing other stuff and fiddling, I did go on a Mel Brooks uh, kick, and I did start the advanced course. So my goal is to still finish it before the month ends. I just got to get the the movies. Um, I have left. So I, after I watched Spaceballs, I actually followed that up with High Anxiety, and then I watched uh, the producers. Suzanne watched it with me, and at first she didn't want to watch it uh, because she's like, "I don't like Mel Brooks. It's just not my type of humor." And I'm like, "That's dumb. I married you. Don't make me regret it." And she came downstairs yeah. and we watched it, and she laughed harder than I did. So, <laughs> um, but it was it was to be fair, it was very funny. We we really enjoyed it. Holy shit, Gene Wilder is ridiculous in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, He's the best. yeah, it was, it was, it was hilarious. Uh, we we really enjoyed it. Um, High Anxiety was okay. It, it, I think like you were spot on. Like it's worse than a, a typical Mel Brooks movie, and it's worse than watching a Hitchcock film. And you right. kind of want to watch both. Uh, like you got, you kind of get the itch to watch one of either or. Um, mm-hmm. But there were some funny little nods in it. I really enjoyed. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because this is where my focus kicked in. The, the bean kicked in whenever I was watching or something. But uh, the the whole bit with the guy with the newspaper and him flipping out and then like going to the psycho thing. To for some reason that's the thing to me that was just hilarious. The guy, the guy just flipped out over the stupid newspaper. And he's like, "You have the newspaper." And he's like, <laughs> and "It's then a he, long like, way to go for a psycho reference, but it's pretty worth it." 
It really is though, because then it like it references the blood with the ink, and then he's like laying there, and he gets in the spot, and he goes, "He is not getting a tip." <laughs> so I don't think it was really funny. Uh, so the movie, it's good. It's Mel Brooks. Like it's still worth watching, but it's it doesn't. I don't know. It's it's kind of like right in the middle. It doesn't it doesn't hit the same like highs that like Blazing Saddles does. Uh, well, I'm spoiling that for next week, but um, let's see. Um, among other things, there were some anime shows I found on Hulu that I had been waiting to watch, and the first couple episodes of each of those had come out, so I watched those. So Bleach, Thousand Year War or whatever, is finally out in a, in a dub, but only the like, first couple episodes. And I didn't realize that until I started watching it. It was more like a passive thing that was on. Uh, so I watched that. I won't try to explain that at all because that's just is what it is, but... I was disappointed whenever I, I got three episodes in and was like, oh, it got interesting. And then, oh, the, there's nothing else. And then the same thing happened with My Hero. I, I got into that before. Um, now that I've watched most of – I watched all of the season that I was on, and I'm officially on the uh, the next season or whatever. Uh, or I'm almost done with whatever – I think the end of season five. We're um, going to season six. Uh that show is not at all what I thought it was. Uh, it's it's been fine anyway, and I can I can tell people to watch it. And I think it feels like it's for a younger audience. When you at first, it's it's one of those weird anime where it's like, oh yeah, someone younger should watch it. this is for kids or this is for teenagers. Mm-hmm. And then it gets really fucking dark. It explains mm-hmm. like for one of the main antagonists, like his origin story, and it is one of the most heartbreaking things. And then it twists on its head, and then it's just sadistic uh is really screwed up uh what what, so, what 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 anime is that that's down my fucking alley my my hero academia uh. like they do like they do a cool thing where they like will do episode like I, I like anything any type of show where instead of just focusing only on your characters in between you'll do a lot of things to explain origins of, of the other characters there um so they they did that in in a lot of ways in this last season i watched and one of the main antagonists that's built up to like he's he's basically set to be the successor of the main villain of the, the show, and he's like now got like an army and he like takes over. It explains what he is because at first you don't know and he's kind of like a little shithead, and then they kind of show what happens to him and you feel really bad for him until he's like, "Yep, and I I love I love that I accidentally killed all my family." And then you know halfway through it wasn't an accident anymore. I actually meant to kill them all. Um, it's really fucked up though. It's it's a super fucked up thing to watch. Uh, so I I just watched that and thought I don't think twelve year olds should be watching this. But anyway, uh, it was pretty good though. Uh, that's that's really all I I've been up to though. Um, you lie. You're forgetting something from three days ago. You played you the you right. Game. We did. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, to be fair, and my, I forgot something is, too. Is blocked out. Yes. Uh. So uh. Old yogurt cane came over, and uh, we 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 officially christened the the Marvel vs. Capcom arcade cabinet, which was awesome. We had a blast playing, goofing off on that. And then it's funny, like um, we we it was just two of us. Like there were other people that may have come, but like it just ended up being us hanging out. And at first it was like, oh, I I kind of thought we were just gonna play video games and drink because uh. uh Zach has kind of uh, turned off of AEW, uh, which I don't blame him because I was I was kind of sour on it for a bit there. Um, but reluctantly, I was like, I'll still order it. We'll just have it in passing. And then he's like, oh, we should just watch it. And then we watched it. And 
I, I don't know what he would say about it. Of course, we'll save details for uh, getting some color next week. But uh, overall, I enjoyed it. I, I felt like I, I don't think I watched anything that I thought was cringe or really bad. I thought that most of it was at least solid to, to good. Few few good highlights, um, which is which is good because they needed that because the direction was very aimless uh, prior to this. But I, I thought it was a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I, that, that so that is all I have to add. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I'll I'll save Zach on what me and him and uh, the other two of Philip and Steve, right? Yeah, so my friends. Yeah, so. We played Reaver. Are those the Canadians from South Park? Oh, they're my friends from uh, high school. Don't dox them. You doxed them. They're doxed. Okay. I was really hoping you were going to say my friends from Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they live here in Huntington with me. We live in the same city. There you go. Uh, But I'll let you talk about that when you get to it, Zach. And then I'll give my two cents on what we played. But what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing, Zach? Uh, been uh watched a bunch of YouTube stuff. I've mostly been catching up on uh stop skeletons from fighting lately. I, I stopped yeah. watch I stopped watching that channel for a while because uh uh I don't people who have like a little bit slower video release schedules I kind of like stop watching them for a little while and I go to, I go to somebody else's channel and, and it, basically I'll I'll create like a backup from me not watching somebody and then I'll go watch that stuff and somebody else can build their videos up. That's just how I watch YouTube. <laughs> but, uh, I watched a video about, uh, Resident Evil Degeneration that delisted cell phone game for that first CG movie. <laughs> uh, it's kind of, I, I was like, man, they should, they should make a game for that. Then I heard they made it on the cell phone at the time, which was like, you know, 2006, seven, and I was like, I'm so jealous because I didn't have a fucking, like, I, I just had, like, a bullshit cell phone, flip phone back then. Mm-hmm. And then after seeing it, it was like, wow, I would have fucking hated this. <laughs> That's how I uh, felt about the Metal Gear Solid 4 fucking uh, the iPhone game that came out. I played that. Yeah. I did play that. There was a game for Metal Gear Solid 4? It's mm-hmm. basically like uh, you're in, it's, you're in the first world the first level you're just like in that middle east the um ambiguous middle eastern war the conflict or whatever and uh it's it's kind of like a rail shooter you go to different areas and then a bunch of shit comes on the screen and you tap it as if you were shooting it that's it just yep bare bones basic as hell i mean at least resident evil degeneration played kind of like resident evil 4 uh then there was um he talked about all the delisted cell phone ports of Resident Evil 4. I watched that too. That was interesting. Do you watch the one about all the Doom phone Not games? yet. Oh, that, that's one of my favorites he's done. Not yet, because uh, after that, I watched the thing about the X-Bone launch, and I still remembered a lot of it, but watching it all, like, fresh, like, like holy shit, that was fucking awful. Like, seeing <laughs> it all together, it's like, oh my god. That was bad. Like, I don't think it's stretched to say they almost killed their own brand with that shit. It was, if it was they didn't close. have all that money to back it up, I, I bet they would have. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, but I'm getting ready to watch the Zebo one. That's next. That's a big um, one. They teased which is it like a, forever. 
a weird Brazilian game console because like Brazil has weird fucking copyright laws and shit and they they can make like knockoff consoles that have fucking video games from other people's shit. <laughs> In that video he mentions another documentary by a different YouTuber about gaming culture in Brazil. It's really good too. You should watch it too if you're interested. I might. It's possible. And then uh yeah, I watched AEW full gear with Chaz because like he was saying when I was over there, he was like, well, it just ended up being being used, so we could probably just watch Full Gear and we'll Statler and Waldorf it. That was kind of like what I was thinking, because that's what that's, I was probably going to do. <laughs> that's what we did. We we actually had some pretty like funny things that we said. We even came up yeah. with a metal band. I came up with a new metal band because there's a referee, uh, Rick Knox, who looks like a reanimated corpse, and he's terrible <laughs> at his job. <laughs> because he doesn't referee. He doesn't enforce the rules. Outlaw Necromancer. <laughs> yeah, our, our new band is called Outlaw Necromancers. It's basically a groove metal band, kind of like Rob Zombie. And our first album is called uh, Anarchist Necronomicon. <laughs> um, so be there. If, Andy, if you want to join in this band, be our drummer. You got to like, you gotta grow your beard more. Um, you're probably going to have to get flaming tattoos on your head or something. Oh, you do that. Like, like Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, you get a Bam Bam it. <laughs> but, but anyway... Uh, I thought Full Gear was just okay again. Uh, the, the AEW, the pay-per-view is okay streak has not been broken. It's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, just, yeah. It, it's inoffensive. It, I was offended <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll get to that later uh, next week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember that Young Bucks fucking Death Triangle match. I remember nothing about it. <laughs> we we largely talked through a lot of it i remember the intro and i jokingly we were talking about it i jokingly said about the whole wayward son thing i was like they're gonna come out to carry on my wayward son and then, and they, then did. they did and it was pretty <laughs> funny and i was like oh see i told you i should have bet on that uh i, I remember that yeah <laughs> but yeah the match itself i don't i we we talked through a lot of it the the ending was a bit of a surprise but then like it, it kind of sucks like i get like this whole series thing and if you're into it you'll watch it but uh so, spoiler, they're doing a series of seven, a best of best seven, of seven. For that title. Doing, yeah. But it takes away from the fact that the elite come back and they're supposed to be like be the big heroes of company and stuff. And there's like all these fuck CM Punk chants and stuff happening. And then they lost. It, it, it would have been cool if they just moved on and Damn. like let them kind of be wayward. But no, they're like a best of seven. But maybe they'll, I'll, we'll see. I don't know. They got, they got to make up for all that, la- that lost time they were supposed to, you know, fucking jerk off in this trios division where they weren't there. So that's why they're doing this. I mean, uh, I guess. My opinion. But we <laughs> have <laughs> uh, yeah, played some uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And uh, almost broke Chaz's machine several times. He pulled the joystick off, and the the fucking marquee light kept flickering on and off as we were playing. Oh boy! Oh really? <laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah. You never noticed that? I was gonna bring it up, but I forgot to. And it's like because we were like, I guess, shaking the machine so much. It's like the the the, the marquee light kept flickering. Well, if there's yeah. gonna be a loose cable, at least it's to something unessential. <laughs> Yeah, the cable in the back is somewhat flimsy, so that would make sense if it if it's like that, if we move it a lot. Um, I have to look at that, see if you can tighten it up or something. Oh, I certainly can. It's just hanging back there. I, I would just have to take off the back and, and get in there. But uh, 
I, I, and we talked before about just getting like a round stick. If if you just get like the, like the round knob instead of the the one they have on there, it's like elliptical. It would the work ball. a lot better because yeah, the ball it just screws on. The, ball, the ball is superior. The bat oh. is, is okay for certain other games, but for fighting games, it's inferior in my. Oh opinion. bullshit! The ball is superior for all of it. I, I even like play differently. Like you know how like people like want to make it look legit when they play ping pong, so they hold the the pad like the paddle a different way. I hold I like when I'm playing with the bat, like I'm I hold like you know, overhand or whatever. But I actually put my hand underneath and play an opposite way when under, I'm playing under with the, the ball. ball. Yeah, yeah. Some people you know, I, I, cut the ball. I, yeah, I, I cut, cut the ball, ball. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, we also played Marvel Superheroes War of the Gems because Chaz was like, "That game's on there and it's terrible," and I'm like, "That's a good game. You're you're full of it. I'm gonna show you how to play that when I get there." <laughs> yeah. I'll learn you. I'll learn you, Sonny. And yeah, uh, yeah, I showed him that it's basically uh, beat him up with command moves. You do like Street Fighter like moves to do like a bunch of different characters moves They're, every character plays different cool premise yeah. it is really cool the only thing that sucks about it well i won't say sucks it's a downside but it's minor it, it's not multiplayer so it's a single player beat em up but it, like you'd said i had no idea that it was a beat em up that had uh command moves um which is really cool i haven't went back to play it yet but yeah i definitely didn't plan to do that in the x-men game yeah, the, the X-Men Mutant Apocalypse is the game that came before it. They both do this thing where it's like, there's like five characters, five or six characters you play as in each game, but those are your lives. When a char- when you die on a stage with a character, they aren't playable for the rest of the game until I think the last level. So get good with everybody, because you might fucking die. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a real cool premise. Yeah. Uh, I'm also still playing Resident Evil 8. I just finished the just the main campaign of it, uh, and now I started Shadows of Rose last night. Oh, and I think I got about 40 minutes into it, and I will say it is not what I expected at all. Yeah, <laughs> good. <or bad. laughs> yeah. Huh? Like it's not what I expected. Good or it's not what I expected. No. Uh, I can't say if it's not what I expected, good or bad yet. So far, it's just not what I expected. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Dub seems to not like it as much, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we played Reverse because I, I got a wild bug up my ass because I saw that uh, they were releasing uh, skins for characters based off of old games. They did like RE5 stuff, and it was oh, that's cool, and they actually look good. They don't look cheap. Hmm. And then uh. I just started talking. I was like, hey, let's go ahead and try this fucking reverse thing with a few people because we got it, you know, and it, it's it's active now. Mm-hmm. And me, Dubs, uh, my buddies, Philip and Steve played it Sunday night, and it was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I truly like, I truly thought we were going to be like an hour and be like, all right, we <laughs> we played it. We've seen it. Now that's it. But no, we, no we, we played for four hours. Yeah, we played <laughs> for like four hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, there's not the, the only downside to this game so far. I mean, there's a couple kind of nitpicky game balancing kind of things you could bitch about a little bit. But some of that, I think, comes down to like this isn't a competitive shooter game or something. To me, it's more like they made a third person action shootery game that's kind of Smash Brothers ish. It's not meant to be taken super fucking seriously. Yeah, because um, there's many, the, the, the only strategy you have is. If uh, if you're good with the guns, you could pretty much 
kill people uh, without getting all the vials of the T-virus. But if you collect all the T-viruses, you get the better creature. Uh, yeah, when you, when you die, you turn into, you morph into a creature for a limited amount of time until you get killed or something. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like, oh, you got me. And you can get like a, you can revenge kill the guy that got you to get more points. Like it motivates you to do that. Because it's not just based solely off kills. You can't just like kill a bunch of people and win. It's actually based more off of your score. Yeah. Uh, you get you get scores by you get more points by killing people that are higher up on the board, or you kill the guy that killed you for revenge points. <laughs> I um, just I just like when we get turned into creatures. We all just like start getting into our <laughs> Vince McMahon voice and be like, the, the ah! <laughs> the dumbest shit happens is like when you're all tyrants or something. There's like three of you that are tyrants. You're just like in a circle, fucking punching each other. Yeah. It's like the stupidest shit ever. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh it, it's fine it's just the there's not a lot of content yet there's like uh eight characters or something and three maps uh so far i think it's going to be this thing where they hopefully support it every time and they get some more content in there um pretty cool though uh i was i was surprised and that's all i did all right it is time to talk about space balls uh, by you know, another Mel Brooks, since we're doing Mel Brooks month, I'm going to say a few things. Most of it, because this is my first Mel Brooks movie that I, I actually ever saw was Spaceballs. It's just because, you know, my dad got me into Star Wars and he's like, hey, look at this comedy. It's a spoof on Star Wars ever since I liked it. So, like, I'm always going to be biased in a sense that I have a lot of nostalgia factor into it. But as far as, like, to be objectively, like, so far, you know, History of the World Part 1 is funnier than this, Spaceballs. But I still, I still like this movie uh, because of, the well, one, the fucking soundtrack, the Spaceballs soundtrack, like, the one song. The theme gets stuck in my head every time I see this movie. Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, very, very 80s. Yeah. The best way. Rick Moranis is funny as shit as fucking Darth Dark Helmet. He's uh, the best. Either him or John Candy is the best casting in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Rick Moranis and the guy who plays uh, Colonel Sanders, like they, those, that chemistry is fucking funny as fuck. <laughs> Can we go? Like I, I'm gonna fucking butcher the lines because I always do. Because when they go, oh, like. It's when when they chase after it's like let's go to ludicrous spree <laughs> and he's all nervous yeah. and shit like that's fucking funny as hell uh and then he's like, like we can't and we can't stop it's like what's the matter colonel sanders chicken <laughs> <laughs> it was like the, the, that was like the dot line about you guys you can marry prince valium he might be a pill but he he'll make a good husband i'm like come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and he's oh. just constantly yawning too every time he's talking oh. mm. um yeah i like the thing where every time you see dark helmet colonel sanders it's like there's always some kind of gag about how they're in a movie mm -hmm. that that's usually what one of their main gag the the thing where they were like all right we have to get the the video of, of space balls they're like what that like broke my mind for like a minute I think that's the most famous bit in the movie because whenever I talk to people about this movie, that's always what they bring up. When did they watch the movie? When How can it... we watch the movie when it's not even out yet? It's it's instant. What we're seeing is now. Yeah, now is now. now. Everything that happens now is now. Right now? <laughs> right now? No, that was then. 
<laughs> what? Well, then was now. <laughs> Well, there's also the uh, the thing too where they like turn he hits the button and turns it off and they turn the the, the screen off and he says, what'd you do? You turn the movie off, turn it back on. Like they, they just constantly break the the fourth wall. Yeah, they do the Hideo Kojima shit. <laughs> Dark, Dark yeah, Helmet yeah. looks at the camera several times too when he says something. He just looks directly mm-hmm. at the camera. Oh yeah, he's so funny. I'm surrounded by a bunch of assholes. Yeah. How many assholes too. we got on this ship? Yo, Surrounded by assholes. I always laugh my ass off when they comb the desert and you're like, Do you see anything? And they like they do that you know, fourth. Are we taking wall- this too literally? Yeah. <laughs> no, but- we're following orders. <laughs> <laughs> we about shit. And then uh, uh, Michael Winslow is in it, and the the radar guy. Yeah, I thought that was him. Yeah, <laughs> Police Academy. Yeah. Bleeps the creeps and the sweeps. <laughs> I do, I like the part where he like, he's talking like he's in the radio, and Rick Moranis just fucking ripped it. <laughs> that was great. Like again, Rick. My favorite is Rick Moranis throughout this whole thing. Um, what do you? What is? Yeah. What is your guys' opinion about? Bill uh, Pullman, who plays Lone Star. I like him, but he's not great in Mel Burke's film. He is terrible in that role. Yeah, I like Bill Pullman, but I don't like him in, in, yeah, as the lead protagonist guy. I'm, I'm glad, because this was one of my points about this movie, is that Bill Pullman sucks in this role. Bill Pullman's a great actor. Make him the president. He's great. But <laughs> him in this movie sucks. I was arguing with a mutual friend of ours about this movie, because I told him Oh, I don't think it's as good as everyone says it is. I think it's overrated. It's still a good movie, but I think it's overrated. And we were arguing about it. And you see, you know what they should have done? Carrie Yules. They should have made Carrie Yules the Han Solo. And oh. I think the movie would have been a lot better. And he yeah. was like, oh, man. I, I think, don't have I really think, <laughs> I really think the reason that Bill Pullman got cast is because, especially with like the after, like the five o'clock shadow type of thing he's got going, I think they're going for someone that looks. Uh, a little more like Indiana Jones, and they're trying to like really play on the Harrison Ford thing a little yeah, more. He, but it's he has too the much. Look, but he has no screen presence. He has no charisma. Yeah. He has. It's no... just meh. I mean, no, I agree. Bill, Bill Pullman never really been in any other comedy movies. Like, I don't. I never really know, thought of him as like a comedy guy ever. Not that I recall. No, and he doesn't He's... have the comedy look. He just doesn't seem like type of like. Like distant stare off. He doesn't have any comedic timing or presence you need for that kind of thing. The woman who plays Princess Vespa as well, she isn't in any other comedy. She's in like a bunch of like teen drama television shows and stuff. He was in Law and Order, uh, some of the episodes as well. She was kind of funny sometimes. Yeah, she was funny occasionally, but she's still hot. It's more about no, yeah, that's why she was cast. I'm sure that's why Bill Pullman and her were both cast. They looked right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree. I, they had the look, but like you you said, like the, the some of the lines they said were funny, but it's because the line itself is funny. Like anyone could have said that line. Yeah, it's like if they could have just recast the two characters who have the most lines, it would have. Because Mel Brooks has both President Scrooge and Yogurt, fantastic. John Candy as Barf, fantastic. Rick Moranis as Dark Helmet, probably the best thing in the entire movie. Uh, and Joan Rivers as the voice of uh, the droid. That was not, funny. Not, yeah. not Matrix. Yeah. Those are all Matrix. excellent castings. Those are all hilarious. But then you've got the two main characters, and they both just like suck. They're both just like wet blankets. They don't really have any good chemistry together. They barely have any chemistry with any other characters. They have no screen presence. There's I wonder. No... 
I, not, I I wonder if that's kind of a jab at uh fucking Star uh, Wars. Star Wars, like the Han, uh, Han, not Han Solo, but Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia. The, the like the actor actors, they were pretty much nobodies until nice. until. So you're trying to say Mel Brooks is going big brain here? He's he meta. Trying to parody by intentionally picking people that weren't actually good for the role. I don't think so. I think. I think a producer, and he's the main producer of this movie, so this doesn't make a lot of sense. But I think someone came to him and said, "Look, uh, you can't just have your ugly friends in this movie. You got to have some pretty people in this movie." <laughs> yeah, you, listen, Dom Dole is going to have to dress up as a fucking pizza. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, <laughs> can't really... We'll get thirty seconds. You know what? You know, oh, a... one more, one more uh, excellent casting choice, though. Uh, John Hurt as yeah. John Hurt. Yes, as John Hurt. <laughs> It's not again. The, 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 the best part. What does he have it? Oh, that's the special. That's I'll special. get in that. I'll, I'll, I'll I'd like to change mine to the soup. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part of the film, uh, which I was curious. I haven't looked back to see. It, when did When Harry Met Sally come out? Was that was that around the same time as this? Because I don't know if they played around the same thing. There's like the check please and all that stuff. Uh, but then the whole the whole bit where you have the alien that goes like, hello, 1989. Baby, hello, my honey. 1989 hello, my was after. Yeah. It was after. Okay. Well, check please. I think it's an old thing. And that I think that's a Looney Tunes reference. It's singing the song. Oh, that that's definitely a Looney Tune. That, that's literally the frog. And yeah. that was why that that itself is the frog. I just meant like the. Um, the bit where they're talking about the soup and oh, I'll I'll have that or oh that's what I had I'll check please but it's the opposite if anything this might have ins- like other things may have inspired that I'll have what he's having I, I think have what check please was originally a line from a Laurel and Hardy bit I might be wrong yeah yeah check please is an older thing so but I that that itself as far as nostalgia goes that is actually the scene that I remember most about this from watching this when I was younger um is that of all things but uh but yeah i so i know that dubs said his own opinion about it we're gonna probably keep talking about little bits and things we like and things we don't like i i will say it's been a long time since i've watched the movie and i honestly if you would have just asked me blindly before we started this month and, and kept watching and i'm sure it'll it'll keep changing i would have probably said this is my top three movies Mm-hmm. Or even I may have even said that at one point before we started watching. This was my top three. It is not in my top three anymore. It may not be in my top five when I finish. Like I actually am a bit lower on this movie now watching it, and I think it's for a lot of the reasons we've already named. Like I remembered a lot about it that I like, but then after I get past like the the superficial layer of oh, it's just a spoof on Star Wars. It's like well, it's funny. There are bits that's my good, but that's what I'm saying. Everyone thinks this movie's great. Because, I mean, there's a lot of funny bits in it. I, I do laugh at this movie. It's very funny. But they think, they, like, conflict this and Star Wars and something in their brain thinks, yeah. well, th- that movie was great. But then as I will, you're watching it, you're like, I'm kind of getting bored. I will make the I will make the argument. It's a hot take. The single best Star Wars spoof reference or joke in all of Mel Brooks's pantheon didn't even happen in this movie. It was in History of the World with the with the, the Jews. Jews in space. I was expecting Jews in space is a better joke on Star Wars than this is. I think the best Star Wars joke he ever wrote is the stuff where they say, "What do you do in this cave all day?" Yogurt, and he talks about merchandising. We got oh, yeah, spaceballs the t-shirt, spaceballs the lunchbox. 
Spacewalls the breakfast cereal says 100% sugar on it. That's, that's yeah. the funniest Star Wars. We got to worry about the sequel, Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money. More money. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that, that is pretty good too. But... I, got, I got a question about that scene. When they do the coloring book, is that fucking Optimus Prime? It is, yeah. yeah. I noticed that too. That was, like, <laughs> was just a Transformer. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even cover it up. Yeah, straight up just Optimus Prime. Although, well, they probably thought, like, oh, this won't be that like popular after a while. Oh, yeah, because of the ship transformer. It's a yeah. transformer. It's yeah. a transformer. Oh, that's, that's, that's right. That's Mega Maid. That's pretty funny. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Mega Maid. And it looks like the Statue of Liberty, which, like, brings back to Ghostbusters and shit. The... Well, that brings back. It might bring you back, but this happened before. Ghostbusters, uh, Ghostbusters two wasn't in, until like the early nineties, right? It was like in eighty nine or ninety. Hold on. Ghostbusters two was nineteen eighty nine, eighty nine. So yeah, it... yeah. See, ah, Ghostbusters ripped off Mel Brooks. See, mm, ah. You want to know how retarded I was as a child? Um, I thought when planets lost fucking air is because of the scene in Spaceballs. Like they take a fucking vacuum. Like sucked all the air up. Yeah, it didn't affect you too badly. You didn't grow up as like a crazy activist. Like guys, we gotta stop. They're gonna suck all the air out. Yeah, I didn't like uh, super glue my head to a fucking painting. Okay. <laughs> 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 ah, <the> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, like I. I I had the same realization when I watched it because like again nostalgia like I'm always gonna like this movie no matter what because I fucking watched the shit out of it but at the same time I'm like it's not the best but I will say and I'm I'm tipping my hand I think this is still better than Men in Tights I will I will say that nope you're wrong I'm sorry eh. it's okay it's okay to be yeah. wrong sometimes yeah we don't have to dive into these details because next week we're gonna yeah, that'll be next week, that'll be next that. week. yeah mm. Zach but... you're the only one Zach you saw this movie for the first time right yeah I have no biases I have no okay so that, that's the most interesting what do you think about it I I'll be honest with you uh this one took the longest to get going for it to actually start being funny for me uh so far like, remember when I told you, I was like, oh, I started watching producers, and then, like, for, like, that whole opening credit scene, and a little bit after that, I was like, I don't know about this movie, and then Gene Wilder started doing stuff, and it was funny. Yeah. And then it was, and the rest of the time, it was just funny, no matter what. Uh, this one was, like, kind of, I mean, yeah, you know, Dark Helmet showed up and did some shit, and it was a little funny, but I wasn't, like, ha! Like, out loud laughing or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't... Like, go what? ahead. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it was, there was a lot of the scenes that were focusing on, like, you know, Bill Pullman and uh, Princess, whatever, Vespia or whatever. Vespa. Vespa. Uh, I, I was, like, getting bored. And then it was like, oh, John Candy's here. He's barf. He's kind of he's kind of funny so he's, far. He saves a lot of scenes. He, he ends up saving more scenes later. Uh, I, I really like uh, uh, going to infrared, doing this thing. I'm going out there. He's going out there. God. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh like and then yeah when i, I saw i heard joan rivers is dot i was like oh boy here we go joan rivers is dot <laughs> she's excellent yeah yeah uh i kind of wish she had a little bit more lines but uh yeah i it took up until i think they started doing a lot of the bits with the colonel sanders and dark helmet 
for, before I really started laughing more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, the stuff you're talking about with like the two the the leads or they don't have any chemistry. They're not as funny as everybody else is. Uh, Rick Moranis is consistently funny. I thought you know Chaz has that theory about Mel Brooks being in more of the movie kind of makes it diluted a little bit or something. But I missed him. I actually thought he was pretty funny in this movie playing two different parts. <laughs> so, he was. Both of his characters in this movie were excellent. It would have lent more to have him because the uh, the main – well, that's the thing is like in the other films, they, like this almost breaks the theory because in the other films, your main characters are better. Like in this yeah. film, it's not that way. So you want him on screen or you want the supporting actors. Rick, like, Rick, I, I, It sounds like we're all on the same page. To me, it's the same thing. Rick Moranis is the the best thing in this movie. Yeah, definitely. Not by a country mile, he is the best thing in this movie. Like, and I, you said something, Zach, that I think is really important. Like you mentioned, like you laugh like here and there. This actually might be the one film uh, that I had like in high regard so far that I watched and I chuckled a lot. Like I laughed, like, but uh-huh. I never like I never like felt like really like laughed. That's what I was uh, going to say. I almost interrupted Zach with like, I never, maybe it's because I've seen it before, but I never like laugh out loud watching this movie. When I watched mm-hmm. silent movie, I laughed so much. I had to take a break. Cause I was getting a headache. Like yeah. th- this yeah. one just doesn't, doesn't get me as hard. Like it's consistently funny. It's got smart and funny dialogue and I'm, I'm having fun with it. But mm-hmm. like in silent movie, I was like laughing so hard I missed bits because I was I was too I was too busy laughing at the previous bit. Another mm-hmm. another thing about this movie too is uh, I'm not real sure about this, but in my experience, uh, a lot of people bring up Spaceballs. Like, oh my god, Spaceballs is funny. You ever watch Spaceballs? Like they like the Mel Brooks movie. I feel like that gets brought up the most is Spaceballs. I I I, I, th- I think the reason why is this to me Spaceballs is the gateway of Mel Brooks, my opinion, because everybody's seen it. I think because everybody's seen it, it's the nostalgia that goes, oh, that's funny because I know Star Wars and they make fun of Star Wars and stuff and other stuff. So the- that's, that's one of three factors. And some of, some of this is based on hard facts and some of it is just my kind of filling in the blanks. But for one, it's pretty recent. It's one of his most recent uh, theatrical successful movies like uh, Robin Hood Men and Tights didn't make a lot of money Dracula Dead and Love and it flopped uh, Life Stinks flopped hard this but is actually his last film that did well did well yeah so uh, it's got that going on it's way more recent than uh, Young Frankenstein or um, Blazing Saddles uh, two is the Star Wars thing it's just Star Wars is popular forever so Spaceballs kind of gets a little bonus boost there as well. But the third thing is, um, and this is especially the case in Blazing Saddles, after a certain point in the 90s, Blazing Saddles wasn't on television anymore because it's got it's got just too much shit in it. You just can't show on television anymore. Yeah, and Young true. Frankenstein has that sum. And a lot of his other movies have that sum. But Blazing Saddles is the worst one. It, it just there's no television to play. Spaceballs. Uh, it's pretty much safe throughout. I think Robin they Hood. say fuck once. You can, yeah. you can bleep that or whatever. But this movie got a lot of television airplay in the late 90s and early 2000s. And that's a big part. Of, this is a, I did look this up. That's a big part of the reason this is a lot of people's favorite Mel Brooks movie. 
because oh. it got a ton of television play and his other movies did not. Mm. Uh, like you couldn't even buy a home release copy of the producers except like a shitty VHS from the early 90s for like 15 years. <laughs> like these other movies just didn't have any exposure and this one was way overexposed. Yeah. Hmm. I mean that's how I watched it. I watched this for the first time on television on cable that's where i saw it on cable. Mm-hmm. yeah same tbs friday nights remember they used to do the little bits of like the monkeys doing uh bits of movies oh yeah yeah that's right yeah. that's yeah that brings back some memories <laughs> yeah it's weird like it's <laughs> monkeys that are like covering themselves they're like hot master it's weird <laughs> weird thing i remember when i was like 11 but tbs was uh, weird back then but it was fun yeah it, was, it got know. it got weird they're trying to bring that friday thing back they're doing that now but apparently but nevertheless i that's how i watched it i watched it once on a random friday night I remember a, a buddy of mine came over and we played uh like this is a 90s as fuck night we, we drink a shit ton of capri sun we played a fuck ton of sega genesis and we watched yeah. Spaceballs for the first time yeah and it was blessed and that's yeah. and that's why i said in the beginning of this is like this is a big nostalgia factor for me uh but it's not because now i'm a, an adult i know all the fucking raunchy and and dirty jokes that happen in the other movies that he's done I've laughed so fucking hard in history to part uh, the history of the world part one than uh, fucking spaceballs. Spaceballs, I was kind of like what you guys were like, huh? It's funny, and every time Rick Moranis was on, I was like, huh, that, 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 that shit's funny as well. Mm-hmm. Especially when they do the, all right, I want the the com- combination to lock one. I was gonna bring this up. It's two, <laughs> three. Four, five. Only an idiot would put that on their suitcase. And then Mel Brooks comes in. Oh, that's that's the combination of my suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's pretty great. I I think that I'm never going to be mad if this movie's on either. Like, I I enjoy it. Then I guess where things get, like, when Andy says it first, at the beginning of the month when we were starting all this, and he's like, oh, space balls, ah, whatever. I'm thinking, how does he possibly not like this? But now that we've watched it, it nostalgia's a son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, now I'm an adult. I'm not a smooth brain, so I can I can decide. You know what? Something wasn't as good as I thought it was. It's like going back and watching old old wrestling. Go, go, you think like a wrestling show that you watched was the greatest thing you ever saw, and you go back and watch it, it was like, well, there are parts of it that were really good, but a big portion of this was utter garbage. That's like, what you remember is the, the good parts. You mean exactly? It- that's nostalgia. You mean Kane loved the dead woman? What? Well, no, that was just bad. That was bad then, and it's bad now. But that was slander by Triple H. <laughs> that was not yeah. true. But yeah, this has become my crusade: is waking people up to this movie. This movie's good. I will never turn it off if it's on. I'll definitely sit there and watch it. But I mean, come on! So many of his other movies are so much better. Go watch those. Yeah. To be fair, I. I had very quickly, like in uh, like early adulthood, when I had been opened up and watched more Mel Brooks films, I had very quickly decided, oh, these other movies are so much better. But now that we are in depth and I'm finishing that, the rest of that, it's like, oh, well, Spaceballs is actually kind of middle of the road compared to some of the better stuff. But uh, like you said, it just gets that exposure. And again, it's lowest common denominator, right? Look at spoofs of what the parody is of. I mean, Star Wars is yeah. Star Wars. So yeah, the other stuff is like universal horror movies, westerns. This uh, is a very general history. thing. 
you know, no one, yeah. no one has as much connection as. I think they. I mean, we just to... need him to make a superhero spoof before he dies. We got it. Most popular yeah, think... movie ever made. I, oh my god! An MC, okay, an MCU spoof that that plays on Infinity War, but it just takes all the characters from all of his other films and they come together to to fight. I don't know something stupid. That, no. that there it is. Ultimate maybe, crossover. Maybe if he took a premise more like those other ones, instead of it just being a very specific focus for most of the movie. Instead, just do like sci-fi, yeah, a general sci-fi parody. Because they he did have a little bit of that later. The the alien bit at the end with the diner and Planet like, of the Apes is in there too. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I didn't there's really a, get. That. There's a couple Star Trek jokes as well. Like there are. They the should have they should have gone all the way with sci-fi, but Star Wars was the big thing. Beam me up, Snotty. The Planet of the Apes one wasn't that funny to me, but the the alien thing I didn't expect that. I was like, what? I was looking at those guys over there at the end of the the diner counter rap or whatever i'm like are they is he doing an alien bit because they look like the nostromo crew and they're the exact crew yeah <laughs> it, i even like the joke is, the guy's yeah. playing is with a strange planet he starts feeling the trees he says oh we're on pluto how can you tell because of the bark you dummy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's actually kind of a funny joke yeah <laughs> but uh, i that that's one of the bits that actually got me to laugh out loud was the, the whole alien thing not that, again! That is, the, oh. that is <laughs> the only thing that makes me laugh. Even even just like the the stupid song and everything. That whole that whole thing is like my favorite thing of that movie, and it'll probably always make me laugh like that. But like just throughout the movie, like it's like little chuckles here and there. Like you'll watch it; it's funny. But like you said before, unfortunately, the main characters are kind of a vacuum of funny. Whoa, they're a vacuum. The Paul Roma of, <laughs> oh, of, Mel, of Mel Brooks films. Bill yes. Pullman is the Paul Roma of Mel Brooks films. We did it. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it? The um. If you know, you know. <laughs> now I got fucking Paul Roma in my brain. God damn it. Uh, the Schwartz and stuff. Uh, was interesting. Uh, when he uh, he was, he's like, I can't do it. He's like, the ring. That, that ring is bumpkiss. I got it in a box of Cracker Jacks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that that was hilarious. And then there was an, the, another scene that I, like, god damn it, I just lost it. But what else do you guys want to talk about in this movie? Cause I like the stunt double. That was funny, too. Where... Oh, yeah, <laughs> double <funny>. bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, like, the Vespa, like, the <laughs> dude had a Hitler stash. Did you see that? I, it, I think I missed that. Yeah. Vespa's uh, double was a guy with a cigar and a Hitler's mustache. Oh, oh I, didn't, I wasn't really focusing on his mustache. I was just focusing on how everybody looked. <laughs> there's, there's one thing I did want to bring up that doesn't really belong anywhere else. It's just something I noticed for the very first time watching the movie this time. And it's uh, something I really, really admired about it. Um. I I imagine this had to be on purpose because of uh, how how deliberate and how well it works. But in Star Wars, they do a really famous thing with Darth Vader at some point. I think it's like right at the beginning of New Hope. They're still on uh, the Rebel blockade runner, and he like throws chokes that guy and throws him. He's being a mean motherfucker. And there's a few times that happens in Star Wars where he walks kind of toward the camera, but just to the side of it, and um like uh uh cinematographers and movie makers talk about that because it's like intimidating the the villain comes at you the audience but it's not breaking the fourth wall he's just like walking past the viewpoint and it's intimidating because vader's like seven feet goddamn tall 
and he's all black against a white background. He walks toward the camera and just past it. They do that in this movie with Dark Helmet. And it's not a gag. It's not, they're just, they're in the desert and he's talking about, oh, we'll trick Princess Vespa into coming to us. And he does that. He walks toward the camera and just past it. And I was like, that had to be on purpose. Someone had to think, oh, we're going to do the thing they did in Star Wars just as like a stupid, super deep, subtle cinematography joke. But they, they do the exact same shot. I was like, wait, what the fuck? They did the Darth Vader thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's something <laughs> I noticed for the first time because now I'm like, noticing shit like that about movies i just thought it was really cool uh, 200 iq cinema since you brought up darth vader like the first scene where like the guy the good the good stormtrooper guy uh does i forgot what happens but he makes dark helmet like angry and he automatically goes for his throat because darth vader like chokes people out but then he, he went over his helmet he told the president uh, uh, space balls space ball people that hey we're gonna go get her yeah, yeah. He t- I took the liberty of telling her, and he gets upset. And then you went he- over my helmet. <laughs> you went over my yeah. That's what a famous slide. You went over my helmet, and then he grabs him. I know where you're going. He's like a choke, and then he's like ah. Oh, he grabs the balls. He's like oh oh oh. And, and when they uh, bring uh, bring the princess Vespa's fucking Mercedes in, and he <laughs> goes in the door and turns around, he's not there. All of them go cover their nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. There's also the line of the nurse that passes. He, I bet she gives great helmet. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing that, and I got in trouble at school for saying that. I, I like <laughs> said a kid gave great helmet, which was weird because I said a boy gave great helmet. I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. I was like ten. Uh, you, on some level, you knew what you were doing. I, I really didn't. I had no idea. But, eh. This is going to be nitpicky uh, and kind of out there. Uh, but when uh, you find out like the, the, the subplot of uh, Lone Star being like a prince and stuff, I'm like, wait, did, did uh, the new Star Wars, is that where they like thought of Ray being this mysterious character? <laughs> Just thought of Lone Star's <laughs> origin? I mean, you know, it, what? Something, something else bugged me about the plot, though. And it was like that thing with the space balls, people, how they like suck up all the air from people's planets mm-hmm. why do they do that why do they need what what they happens to all their stuff they want to get carry yeah, air yeah they, need yeah, they, air they polluted they can... their planet and they don't have any good air left so they have to steal oh. air from other planets i guess yeah it's it's a bullshit <laughs> thing because they're 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 currently uh, obviously living as space nomads combing deserts and shit I do like Spaceball City. It's just a bunch of balls, but one of them has the Capitol Dome on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with Zach. Like, the Planet of the Apes scene was kind of, like, lame a little, little bit because I would have done, like, a little plot by, uh, like, a little plot writing to this. Have, like, one of people be like, I finally got away from the Spaceballs. I mean, I'm on this planet full of apes, but I'm away from Spaceballs. And then you just see like Dark Helmet, uh, Colonel Sanders, and you know Mel Brooks come out, and then then you do the Charlton Heston, damn you! Like you could have done a scene, yeah, you done something like that. I would have liked them to set that joke up somehow, like have to send someone out to do something, like oh we're looking for him, and like one guy gets lost, and you forget about him for the rest of the movie, and then he comes back at that point. 
having been on a journey that we didn't see and he sees the destroyed space balls one and he goes you maniacs you blew it all up it was earth all along or something or it was space balls all along or something yeah. like that yeah like he's like all tattered and you have to assume that off screen he has gone through planet of the apes or something yes. i don't know that's that's the way i would have done it but that's that's you actually to tell funny. fucking mel brooks how to do comedy jesus christ well whoever told him to cast bill pullman so i mean i think you have every right yeah i think a lot of produ like um you know studios probably bothered mel brooks be like we need to make this marketable can you not like put too much jew jokes in there and no more tits and right there's only like a few like princess druidia yeah oh yeah she's uh, druish yeah she's yeah. druish oh she's oh. attracted to buy money and power or something like, yeah, something like that well they, they also <laughs> mess with it with the the nose the nose joke's actually oh, kind of yeah, funny, nose, but that's, that's super, right. that's, that's super Jewish. Uh, yeah. Look at my nose before. Oh. Oh, honorable mention. The priest is funny as hell too, where he's just like, I, 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 I'm going to fucking marry someone at the end of this fucking <laughs> He's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you, you have any objections? All right, just sit down. Are, are you, are you the groom? Are you getting married? As we said, it's Barf, right? Yeah. Because he's like, what's your, what's your formal name? Bartholomew. <laughs> that, that does get me to chuckle pretty well. <laughs> Bartholomew. <laughs> but it's uh, pretty dumb. But uh, my final thoughts is, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to agree with Andy. It's not, it's not a strong Mel Brooks movie. Oh, that's. And, I mean, doing okay, okay. To be fair, like, just uh, we haven't ranked it against the others. That's the thing is, we're we're still considering a good movie. Like, would you recommend this movie? Oh yeah, d definitely. Uh, I I yeah, I'd recommend it, but like, at being an amazing like top two, no. But yeah, that, that that's all I have to say. There's people walking around out there living their lives telling people this is their favorite mel brooks movie it's not even in my top three anymore it was it was my third favorite movie before starting this it is it is no longer even in the top three it's not even close and it's not even close <laughs> it's not even close <laughs> shit i recommend it i it's it's still funny like i'd never turn it off but for god's sake see silent movie don't watch this movie again if you can help it Zach, you recommend it. You like it enough. Uh, I, uh, yeah, burp. Uh, I give it a light recommendation uh, on the stipulations that you like Mel Brooks movies and you like Star Wars. So if you if you fall into either of those criteria, watch it. Yeah, I. I but if, it's, if it's just like a comedy movie recommendation, mm, I yeah. probably won't recommend it. No, yeah, there's there's better stuff. Yeah, especially because I, I have to keep up with my image. I'm picky about comedy movies, and this one doesn't quite make the cut for me. Yeah. Oh, um, one more interesting thing. I don't even know if this is true. So if someone told me this, it sounds true. So I'm going to say it like it is. Uh, <laughs> an interesting thing about this movie, they, you know, were designing it to be like Star Wars. I mean, Dot Matrix straight up looks like C-3PO, except the chick. But... They were designing Lone Star, and lawyers were like, oh, back it off a little bit. You can't have it look too much like Star Wars. So they're sarcastically designed Lone Star to look like Indiana Jones, like it's a joke. Yeah. So yeah, apparently, that, apparently yeah. it's intentional. <laughs> no, that that's exactly what I was saying. Like that that's an intentional thing. Like they they were actually making I I didn't know like the detail of that, but like it 
I really thought that they were trying to parody more Indiana Jones because he looks more like Indiana Jones than he is Han Solo. He, he looks like him, but yeah, I guess that that like it's because someone was like, look, you can't just do Star Wars. You got to dress it up a little bit. And this is obviously yeah. before they turn Chewbacca into a dog, into a mog. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And people probably hear that and think that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How, how would someone look more like Indiana Jones than the other when they're the same person? But seriously, like the look, like it's, it is different. He, he looks, he literally looks more like Indiana Jones than he does Han Solo. It just is what it is. Yeah, and um, Bill Pullman, like, he's, like, doing Han Solo, but, like, just Indiana Jones. So, same thing. <laughs> just not futuristic, I guess. They both Han have... Jones. Yes. Indiana Solo. <laughs> Again, it's just more about the fact that you just have a, you have an actor who is is not, it, it just, he's not funny. He's just not a comedy actor. He's more serious, and he's trying to play that role and still kind of fit and, and mix, like smash it together or, or smudge it. I don't know the right words, but the the booze has finally kicked in. He's just but, Paul Roma. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. Like, uh, seriously, I, I wouldn't say him, but like Lone Star and Vespa on on camera together without anyone else like really driving things. Those specific bits that that is true Paul Roma essence right there. It's like the I'm gonna go piss real quick. It, it is the essence essence of Roma. Yeah, really though. It it, <laughs> it, it how it feels. Um I don't think you could recommend this movie to a person that doesn't watch or like sci fi movies. Or Star Wars or Mel Brooks. <laughs> no, like you could have someone go into a Mel Brooks movie and be like, watch uh, like History of the World Part One and other things as well and, and have a laugh at it. But like, if you go watch this movie based off of you know all the inside jokes about all those uh, franchises, they're gonna be lost. They're gonna be like, "What's funny? I don't get this." Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Is like, if you're not if you don't follow any of those criteria, this movie's harder to recommend. Yeah, yeah. Imagine seeing this movie and not seeing Star Wars. <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it happens. There's people out there. I, I there's there's gotta be. So did Chaz recommend it? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I definitely recommend it. I I recommend it for sure. But I, again, we get to our comparisons. I I I will say that Andy Andy wins at least in terms of his goal, mm. which is it was not to convince him that it's better than we than he thought it was. He definitely convinced us that it is it is not as good as we thought it was. Yeah, well, I had no thoughts. Well, I'm I'm referring <laughs> to myself and Dubs, but. Other than other than outside people told me Spaceballs is the best Mel Brooks movie. It's funny. It's the best. I'm like, now you hey, can listen, yell at them. I, yeah, I would have told you like if you had to if, if you would have asked me before this started if I would have had to recommend three three Mel Brooks movies for you to watch blindly, I would have told you Spaceballs was one mm. of the three. Mm. It, it would have been Spaceballs, Young Frankenstein, and Blazing Saddles. Now that I've watched all these, yeah. Spaceballs wasn't the best Mel Brooks movie I watched the same night when I went on my run of movies. So that already producers. tells you it was easily producers. <laughs> I actually laughed more watching High Anxiety than I laughed at Spaceballs. <laughs> but that's because I've never watched it, and there were a couple of bits that really just had me laugh super hard. Yeah. I will say overall, I, I chuckled. Like Overall, I think I still like Spaceballs more as a movie, but there were some bits of, of High Anxiety that are really really had me laughing. Um 
but overall the movie just had big dips in it where it was like just really slow but again nevertheless Spaceballs, if you never watched it and I, I would agree with Zach you meet this criteria you should watch it it's funny but beyond that you're you're not getting uh you're not getting Mel Brooks's magnum opus like the, there are definitely far far better things that he's made to watch um, and we're gonna watch one of them next week yes we are we are we are gonna watch it we are watching the, the pinnacle in my opinion but we'll we'll get there Although, again, I've watched all of them, so maybe I'll come back and I'll get Silent Movie in there and be like, guys, you know what? There's something better than, than a black cowboy. Uh, it's it's just a silent film being a silent film about a silent film. We'll yeah. see. All right. Well, obviously, we tipped our hands so much. Blazing Saddles, and if you played a elimination game, Blazing Saddles is the last one that we're going to be watching. And I... And if you're on the advanced course with me, we got to do it. We got to watch 12 Silver Chairs this week. Do it. Knock it out. Watch it first, and then watch Blazing Sounds with the taste in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, in order for me to catch up, the three movies I have left are Life Stinks, 12 Chairs, and Silent Movie. So my plan Life, is to watch Life all Stinks four you can watch them. for free, at least. What is it on for? Uh, for free? Uh, it's on like Pluto and Freebie. It used to be IMDb TV. That's where I watched. Okay, them. all right. Well, yeah, that's good at least to know. So I plan on getting all of them done. I'm already there. I'll just I'm gonna knock all of them out. So I just need to get Silent Movie from you. All right. Remember, watch Blazing Saddles and come back here, and we will talk about it. Let's get to in some sad news to talk about. Uh, we lost two '90s legends. Uh, Kevin Conroy, uh, voice actor of Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, uh, in the animated series. And he also done, like, you know, other, uh, like, animated stuff with Batman and also the video games as well. Mm -hmm. And very iconic. Uh, he's literally my childhood. Like, there's, like, three mm -hmm. cartoons that I watched as superheroes. It was the Batman, the animated series... You had the X-Men cartoon and then the Spider-Man cartoon. Those three. Yeah, those are three. Yeah, yeah. Th those are the three that I always fucking liked. And it just sucks, man. He died he died way too young. I know he was he was sick for a while. Um and the last thing I seen him in was in I believe in the Flash uh TV show when they did all that time travel stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he 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 did a thing there. The last thing that I I caught that he did was uh he did the voice acting for Batman in Multiverses, the video game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, which uh, uh is pretty fresh. I mean, that game's only been been out and big for the last couple of months, but uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Like as far as like Batman, outside of like visually seeing Batman, like if I if I hear Batman, the Batman that I think of is Kevin Conroy. Um. I think so, kind of like Joker, like it, it goes back to, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Mark Hamill. Mark. Mark Hamill, thank you. Old, old Skywalker, that's what I was about to say. But like, uh, those, that's who I think of as Joker, and I think of, of Kevin Conroy as Batman. The, uh, the very first thing when I was a little kid, we got VCR. The very first thing I ever taped off of television was an episode of Batman the Animated Series. Which one was it? Um, I don't know if it's the first one with Catwoman, but like Catwoman's in it, and some some woman from I'm trying to remember some woman from like she's like a terrorist from Red another Claw. Con yeah Red Claw comes and like 
Poison the cat, in the Tomb. The cat in the Claw. Cat in the Claw. The there you the claw. That was it. That was the very first thing I ever recorded off television. We were going somewhere. It's like, I want to watch Batman. So we recorded it and I watched it later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I nice. can I consider Kevin Conroy the Batman. Now, different generations are going to de think differently. Uh, but when I think of Batman, it's because I was grown up on the animated series that he is the Batman. I think he has the voice of Batman, and he also has the voice of Bruce Wayne. It's just that looks-wise, he obviously he can't do the IRL you know, movies and stuff, in my opinion. Uh, but the voice, he's... Definitely not now. Yeah, definitely not now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's the Batman for me. Yeah, Agreed. Agreed, Rip. Um, yeah, whenever I, I, I read comics, uh, his his voice is a Batman in my head or Bruce Wayne. Oh, that's that's uh, the best way to put it. Uh, oh, that that I yeah, that totally agree. If you read Batman on on screens from quotes, that's the Batman you hear. It's also yeah. Mark Mark Hamill being Joker is the same way. Yeah. Yep. If I imagine Batman doing something that isn't in a movie or the show or whatever that's how i imagine it is him as bad yeah i he had a he had a really deep understanding of the character too like legitimately because he's uh, ever since he passed away uh various people have like kind of uploaded their uh i guess he was doing uh cameos for people for a while there uh so like you know th these are like private things people got and they'd, like you know release them and then there's been more interview clips of him coming out lately uh, and some other stuff. And I think he really, he really did understand the character. And it was even to a point to where like, uh, I think he'd been on a couple podcasts about like, you know, the animated series or like justice league, you know, all the DC uh, animated stuff or whatever. And they'd get some of the other voice actors to do like commercial spots for them and stuff. And they asked him to do one, and he politely declined because he said, in his mind, he thought that wouldn't, you know, do the character justice. You know, it, it's Batman doesn't shill. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I gotta respect that because <laughs> he's rich, bitch. No. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up like what you said with the podcast and stuff. He and some other actor, I don't know. They did a scene in The Dark Knight where he's talking to Commissioner Gordon, where obviously he, you know, he kills Two Face and stuff, and he like, you know, he has to leave, he has to become the villain, and it's Kevin Conroy doing fucking Batman. And it's, oh, I've seen that. That's really good. Yeah, it's so yeah. it's so powerful compared to uh, Christian Bale, uh, in my opinion. It, don't get me wrong; each Batman has their own thing, and I like what they've done. Besides the George Clooney one. Um, I, think the most, I think the most interesting thing about him, though, was uh, I think it was this year. Uh, DC puts out like a, a a pride book or whatever, and Kevin Conroy wrote a story for it, and it was about him. Uh, and apparently, he he came out. I didn't know he was gay. Yeah. But he, I guess, he kind of came out in that story a little bit more publicly. Hmm. And. Uh, it was mostly just about like kind of how rough his life was growing up. Not just because of that. There was some, some of that there. Cause he's you know older guy. He's grown, he's grown up in the seventies, eighties, having to deal with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, 
he just kind of he the way he kind of put it was because he had he had to take care of a brother who was mentally ill and his his parents were dying and all this stuff around this time and he was just now getting ready to get this role of of Batman Jeez. on TV. He was going through a real rough patch, uh, and the way he put it was that's kind of how he was able to come up with the Batman voice. Is like all that stuff that just kind of bubbled up, and that's how the voice came out. Nice. There's something like a lot of people want to be like overly dark or gritty, but there's something about the character of his voice that's oddly calming. That's yeah. like that's why to me like that sets like I remember playing the Arkham games and uh, the at least the first one I, I actually haven't played through the uh, I haven't finished the second or played the last but uh, the uh, first game like that was a big part of why I enjoyed that and just again in general anytime I'm, I'm able to watch Batman that's the voice I hear. It's like, oh, that's, that is Batman. It's well, it, yeah. you said his voice isn't just uh, intimidating. It can be calming. A lot of people have been sharing that clip of him having to sing in an episode of Justice League. Yeah, I love that. Like Cersei makes some kind of deal to make him sing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, one of my favorite things he ever did or, uh, was that episode where Harley basically gets out of jail and she's like on parole or something. And she's trying to be normal. She's trying to have a normal life, and get, she ends up in a crazy situation. Everything snowballs out of control, and it's kind of ruined. And then at the end of the episode, Batman's got her dress or something that she bought at the store. It's like she got accused of shoplifting. That's what it was. And it was something like they didn't take the tag off of it after she bought it or whatever. That caught it all, it all went out of control after that. But She's like, oh, that's my dress. And he's like, yeah, here, here you go. And she's like, why did you do that? It's like, why are you even here? Why do you care? He's like, because I had a bad day too once. I know what that feels like. It's like, damn. <laughs> well, here's yeah, the... Could you imagine if that line was delivered like, I had a bad day once. Yeah, except not yeah. like that. No, it, it's, it's, yeah. there's a lot more gravitas and understanding in, in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the point. Like, Batman's not supposed to just be like gritty and dark only. Actually, Where are the other reason, drugs going? We're, get, we're getting all we're getting all meta about Batman, but truly, like part of the reason that Batman is so dark is like he realizes that he is making the sacrifice of being that person that has to plunge into his own darkness or whatever because he cares of he, he genuinely tries to care about the other people and what he's doing to help others. So yeah. having that compassion in his voice actually matters a lot. You can you don't need to be like really dark and edgy and bullshit. Like it actually is it's actually better that he has a voice that's somewhat like soothing. That's like uh, probably legitimately my favorite portrayal because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if you're a person that never seen the animated series, uh, right now on Amazon, it is fifty three ninety nine for the complete animated series for Blu-ray. Uh, I think it's on HBO max too. If you it's, yeah. It was on HBO max when I had it. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's on. It's on Max. I've actually thought about going back and, and watching it. I've, I've watched a couple of the uh, later, like late two thousands and like twenty tens, uh, Warner premiere movies and stuff that they've done. Uh, where Kevin Connery's on it. I, I, I don't know if I want to pull the trigger on watching the, the animated series yet, but I'm I'm almost there. It's been yeah. a while for me. I almost yeah. want to do it. I almost wanted mm-hmm. to propose doing a a thing like a twilight zone thing sometime for batman the animated series oh that'd be cool i'm i'm now that it's been out there i i'm down the seed's been planted because mm-hmm. we could do like each of us pick two of our own episodes or something like that i would want to open it up to the whole 
Tim verse thing. DC A A U. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there's there's just a couple episodes of uh, Batman Beyond I would really like to spotlight. Oh, that's fair. Well, and, and well, and that and Justice League is also super good. Mm-hmm. The Justice League yep. Unlimited. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, not only did we lose that legend, um, we lost a uh, TV legend of the Power Rangers, Jason David Frank. He's also an MMA star as well, uh, which uh, he, he suicide at the age of 49 years old. I don't know, like, story on why he did that, but uh, I know this is like his second divorce he went through, so it's probably playing one of the roles of this, but you're never going to know until, you know, your family member or if one of these fucking filthy journalists find out somehow through a Facebook post or whatever. Uh, but it's fucking sad, dude. Like, he's he, I've seen him at cons, especially New York Comic Con. I met him before. He's a nice guy. Uh, I mean, I don't know him, know him, but I just know him on passing. Uh, but he was nice to his fans. Uh, he was nice to the franchise of Power Rangers. He's been, been in more than... You know, just the original, right? He was in other. Yeah, shows. he was one of the guys who would come back for those really big events, anniversary crossover. Yeah. yeah, he he was also a big proponent in them pushing for the crossover they had in the comics where they were doing the battle for the grid. Which, if you're mm-hmm. not aware of, like that, like the video game kind of loosely ties into that now, the fighting game. But um, it was a larger arc story where a Green Ranger that was evil from like a different universe effectively was traveling through different parallel universes where the, the different types of power Rangers were, and were stealing different parts of the power. So he could just have the power of the quote unquote grid in order to control all of them. Um, kind of doing the Thanos thing. Uh, and there's, there are a bunch of versions of like green and white Rangers as well as all the others that have to come against him. It's kind of cool. Um, but uh, there was also going to be uh, like a, a remake of the of the series in a way and they even did they um oh what's the uh what's the thing people do when they're trying to get funding kickstarter crowdfunding is what well, you guys also that all at the same time crowdfunding it kickstarter crowd, kickstarter thank you kickstarter like you guys are the same thing but kickstarter was a specific brand but they had a kickstarter and he was a big part of that trying to get that going or they were going to try to make some type of live action series or movie related to that story arc and he was going to play different versions of that they even made like a, a trailer which was really cool um which i, I thought was awesome uh, i remember i donated to that I, I actually met him in huntington um and a buddy of mine how i found out a buddy of mine sent me the picture of, of us meeting him and the picture of him and was like dude he just i just found out he died and at first when i was like oh that really sucks then i found out it was suicide and then i had like that sour taste in my mouth and i was like oh this is like when robin williams died Mm-hmm. Which, wow. I know, so it, it's all varied but like for me like Robin, like both of them in, in different ways were big parts of my childhood yeah uh so it really sucked it was like oh i mean for reference like as a grown adult i've i bought like all the stuff and dressed up as a green ranger our mutual friend could tell you tell you a very funny story which i'm sure andy and zach have heard a hundred times over about how i almost got kicked out of a bar for as the green ranger trying to beat someone with a pool cue um <laughs> But uh, yeah, that that was real fun. But uh, nevertheless, like yeah, I was I was all about the Green Ranger as a kid. I had like the dagger that I carried around with me till far older than I want to admit. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it was he, he had an edgy Godzilla bot. It was cool. A few days ago, it was uh, International Men's Day. And a lot of people think it's like a joke or a meme or something, and I guess parts of it are. But uh, the fact of the matter is, there is a massively disproportionate amount of men who kill themselves, and a bunch of other statistics too, but that's relevant here, to commit suicide. And a lot of it is because uh, men in Western culture have been brought up to like not embrace their feelings, not talk about how they're feeling, not look for help, not reach out, and that's why... I think it's like 80% of suicides are men. It's it's something like that. It's a lot. So, so, so like, if you think about uh, it, then ask for help. Like, I mean, like, there's no reason to like, I don't want to get too serious on a show, but no, it's no, that, it's in the, in the, in the spirit of not only like losing in uh, a television icon and also of national men's day, just, you know, reach out for help. If you, if you feel like you need some help, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. You've been programmed to think it's bad, but it's not. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're going to jump into Doc Talk to help tie to that because they're like what you're saying is, is true. Um, and I actually saw something else about that about how this is a person that was literally a hero to so many kids growing up in the in the '90s um, and and beyond. And he wasn't immune to something like depression or immune to something that enough to the point that he would kill himself. And so it's it, again, it's something that's there, and it's it you shouldn't ignore it. Um, so statistically speaking, women are more likely to attempt suicide. Um, so uh, the, the ratio is proportionately around, it's close to two to one that females would, would try. Men are far more likely to complete suicide. And what that means is men are far more likely to try means that are more serious to actually cause it. Usually a gunshot or hanging or something else where women are, are more likely to try like an overdose or something. Um, and it's almost four to one in terms of that. Uh, so four to one in terms of suicide, like completion, um, no one's immune to it. It is okay to not be okay. Everyone goes through these types of things. So we're, nobody's immune to that. We all have different various reasons why we all could be depressed or, or be thinking about that, but that is a short term solution to, uh, a longer term problem or sorry, a long term solution to a short term problem. Yeah, and I. And... Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I agree with Andy. I think, as you know, everybody in the world, we should be taking mental mental illness uh, or just oppression, um, you know, seriously. Because I know you did, because you took donations along yeah. those lines. Yeah, I mean, to, a couple to times. get I, absolutely, and to get like personal about, like, I mean, my my grandfather, who was my my father figure, committed suicide. Um, which was a really difficult thing to deal with. I I personally have dealt with depression and, and have dealt with, with similar issues and lows. No one's immune to it, and it's okay. You're not alone. So if you're hearing that and you don't feel like you do have that, there's someone. Call call someone. And Whether it's a family or friend, you don't think they'll listen, or someone in the, the mental health profession, someone is there to help you. And this goes out to people that are – not suicidal if you know a friend that has been kind of depressed and and shit and you know it just say hello you know contact a person and see how they're doing because that could go a long way because yeah some people get lonely they get that imposter syndrome uh sometimes and that could go down a big rabbit hole just say hello yeah. to them and see see what they're doing and that could lead into you know hangouts you could do gaming you could do 
know, talking about comics or books, you could do a lot of shit, and that could turn yeah. turn around someone's life. And hypothetically speaking, if you feel like there's no one you can reach out to, I think the international suicide line is nine eight eight. I think you can dial it anywhere in the country, and you get to talk to someone. So. Yeah, that's true. So since we're all, we're on the topic anyway, we're already sappy about it. We have a lot of people that if if they do listen, they like gaming or anything uh, within the midst of of, of nerddom. Um, you know, a very common thing. I mean, it's even its own little bit where you just type in KYS or kill yourself. Like you don't know the context of what someone else is going through. Um, and especially all of us have been down. It's not okay to tell someone that. So I, I know we all joke and whatever, but it's just think, kind of think about what you say sometimes to others whenever that happens. And we're, we're all, we're, we're all can be bad for that. But, uh, in general, just trying to stay positive, uh, you don't realize the impact you can have on someone else's life by saying something simple, even to a stranger. That's why even having like the mentality of saying something nice to someone, like you don't know how far a compliment can go. There could be someone literally on the edge of thinking about hurting themselves and a compliment that would mean literally nothing to you that you would throw out there to a stranger might be something that saves their life. And it seems silly, but that, that type of stuff happens. So uh, again, be more like Batman, be more like Kevin Conroy, be nice. There it is. And, and to be on a, like I guess stupid funny note, uh, if you do say KYS to someone, make sure you say in Minecraft, but that they only only do it in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Doug. <laughs> real real smooth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, listen, like I, I've gone through shit. Um, there's things that I haven't told you guys that I've gone through shit back in my past that it fucks with your brain a lot when you get that into that depression rabbit hole. Like I said, talk, lean on your friends and family. If you can't lean on them, make new friends somehow. Um, there's always a, you know, a good person out there that will talk to you. Um, but let's get out of sadness. Is there any other thing that we want to talk about news wise? Uh, uh, I mean, there's some other like minor wrestling stuff, but I'd save it for whatever. Save it for later. Save it for the for the later show. Yeah, yeah. I I don't have anything. Oh, actually, I do. I, I do have something, but it was minor. Um, I guess uh, we were talking before about uh, issues with uh, music producers not getting credit for things or getting paid for stuff. There, there was something that was mentioned briefly about um, one of the composers uh, or musical composers for God yeah. of War that didn't oh. get credit. I don't know if you saw that or not. For the oh, they were an intern. Game. Yeah, yeah, they like didn't get credit because they they actually had far more contribution. So then there was like an argument, of, a lot of argument about well, what what entails or what qualifies you to then get credit for being involved in, in the making of a game. Um, so that was an interesting discussion that ended up happening on the internet. And by interesting, I mean you know lots of people yelling one way or the other without all the information. You know the typical thing. Um, but overall, I, I actually really liked the, the support that came out after there were, there was a lot of reaction to that when people realized very quickly, Oh, this was just an oversight. Like we're really sorry. And they went out of their way to try to correct it and, um, and do something else to make that uh, person feel like, okay, listen, we, we cared personally. We just, it, this was just, it wasn't intentional. So I thought that was a really good thing to see and on something positive versus like, you know, the, the controversy that happened related to Bayonetta. Um, with the voice acting yeah and by the way stealing uh plagiarizing 
there was a little drama thing that got squished really fucking quickly. Uh, so there's a new German show out on Netflix called 1899. It's from the same writers who did the show Dark. If anybody's seen that, or uh, I would recommend that show. Just uh, Dark. I haven't seen 1899. But a graphic novelist uh, author came out and said that 1899 copied that person's book. Uh, and it's like copying as far as like the close up on eyes and like certain lighting, like that's in other movies. So that got disproved and everything. But then people started pointing out that that novel <laughs> resembles a, 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 a event horizon. They're like, wait a second, you copied a event horizon. So they started doing similar, uh, plagiarizing of the graphic novel with event horizon. And it's, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's like, if you're going to, like, point someone... I, I literally think this author did it so that they could get people to, like, buy the comic and see if it is actually the same as 1899. Because what, what are you doing that for? Like, we are in the year 20... We're almost in the year 2023. There's so much tropes that have already been fucking used. So each, like you know book or movie or tv show or game are gonna have some type of trope in any genre yeah so, so like you can't just be very vague as far as like oh they copied the, the panel where i have each character's eyes and stuff and that's how we found out that someone's not telling the truth like you're you're likely to just do, i mean if you create stuff anyway you're very likely also just to copy something unintentionally Yes. Just because you absorb so much stuff through osmosis over time, and you just like, you know, I watched that Event Horizon twenty years ago, and it's 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 in here somewhere. Yeah. You, you know, and you don't think about it. You might tell a story or write a story or draw a picture, whatever, and then somehow that ends up in your work. Yeah. It's, but the stuff you consume influences your output somehow. Well, that's how some of my writing ideas come to come to. Uh... To real real life is that you'll watch a movie and a TV show, and be like, "Oh, that's a pretty good premises." But what if I did this instead of what they're doing? Like, you totally do something different, and it steers away of their themes and stuff. You you you're pretty much imitating, but in a different way. And I think people need to stop being like copyright this, copyright that. Now, if you're doing like panel for panel and word for word, yeah, you're 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 a fucking scumbag. And you should probably not be a, cr a creative person. Um, but, like, if you're taking some elements and using it in an interesting way, I'm all about that. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny. But other than that, I think we're all good to go, right? Yeah. All right. It's time to go. I'm not going to say all the podcast plays because you already know it, right? Just type no. it. You know, just type in a uh, uh, big trouble podcast. We're everywhere. Fucking Google it. Yeah, Google it. Go to Publix, order a fucking sub sandwich, and be like, "Hey, can I get some big trouble podcast?" And they're probably gonna look at you like you're a fucking nutso. Uh, but they'll know about it some way. Wherever you're hearing too. our voices right now, there's more of our voices to listen to. Yes, there's right. a there's a multiverse. There's many versions of us still doing this podcast. Something yeah, no, really nobody clever. knows what Publix is, though. We, we, yeah, we're no, that's a southern thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a, that's Head on up to Sheets and get yourself your, one of them Mazes. <laughs> yeah, the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. Uh, 
getting some color uh that's me zach and chaz i think we're doing survivor series the is that gonna be a thing or are we just gonna like briefly talk about it and then go into our normal thing wait, wait, wait i'll, I'll go back you mean survivor series war games yeah war games yeah <laughs> i mean i yeah, I, 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 I'm fine with whatever we decide to do, whatever it is, either way. I figure we're going to probably pepper in a little bit of the, that show plus what happened on uh, Full Gear. But, but I mean, nothing we need to get into detail about. Nothing that should make a four-hour show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just just keep in mind that we might be talking about that or going or raw dogging it. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but anyway... Uh, and um, Lost in Nightmares, We just, me and Zach just recently did Resident Evil 7. And as you can tell, based off of what he's playing, that is also on the docket for next uh, Lost in Nightmares. is the, the reboot of Resident Evil 8 review with yeah. third person and uh, the fucking DLC, Shadows, Shadows of Rose DLC. Yeah. Mercenaries. I, I, I'm more excited for mercenaries than finishing the DLC, but that's just me. <laughs> mercenaries uh, is always fun. Yeah. But yeah. And uh, that's it, guys. Remember, Blazing Saddles and ranking. I, I guarantee the ranking I'm probably going to get uh, made fun of, just like always. Uh, but we'll get to that next week. Oh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And we will see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. Gobble, gobble. Gobbly gooper. <laughs>